Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! It is the Hammer and Nigel show. I'm Jason Hammer, Tony Kennett. Filling in for Nigel today. That's right. Keeping our eye on the news. Donald Trump puts on Truth Social. He expects another indictment pretty much at any time now. He wrote on social media that he expected it at 5 o'clock. So at some point today, it sounds like another indictment will be coming down for Donald Trump. This time in regards to January 6th type of things. We will have more on that coming up. But another just sad day for law enforcement mm. here in Central Indy. Yeah. And man, I'm so exhausted of talking about the sadness with the law community right now. But right. another recruit has lost its life. Timothy Geyer, uh, Indiana Law Enforcement Academy recruit, passing away. Sounds like it was a... Uh, you know, medical health type of emergency doesn't sound like anything too malicious at this point. Investigations are ongoing. Let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on the president of the Fraternal Order of Police, Lodge 86, Rick Snyder. Rick, I wanted to talk to you today about recruiting numbers and where they're at with the IMPD specifically. But again, another sad day for law enforcement. And my thoughts and prayers go out to the family of Recruit Geyer and all of those that wear the badge. Tell us a little bit about what happened. Yeah, thank you for that. We always welcome those prayers. Uh, As you can imagine, these families do fill them. And it's uh, vitally important. You got a you got a wonderful family here that is a faith-filled family, and uh, they're leaning their full weight on God during this time. You know, you have a you have a recruit deputy here, a sworn deputy with the Johnson County Sheriff's Department. You know, you take a look at it. Forty-nine years of age has been reported. He uh, he's already had a, a career and a full life, and wanted to make a second career and give back to his local community. Uh, you know, we see folks that are. They see what is going on in our neighborhoods and across our state, and they want to. And they always ask, "How can I make a difference?" And here you have a, a man that's leading by example, uh, and tragically has lost his life uh, there at the training academy. We know that the investigation's ongoing. Our understanding is that the Johnson County Sheriff has deemed it a, a line of duty death, and as a result, our uh, state FOP critical incident team will be. Um, they've been requested to assist this family. Uh, in this agency in the next steps as they uh, proceed uh, with the aftermath of this. So uh, keep those prayers coming. Uh, If this is a uh, line of duty death, this would be the fourth one and right at a month uh, here in our state. And uh, it's just a reminder of what women and men that we're surrounded by, what they're willing to do and not just what they do on a day-to-day basis. And so our hearts and thoughts and prayers go out to them. Okay, so just so we're all on the same page here, because there's a lot of information out there, uh, Johnson County is saying this is a line-of-duty death. Is that correct? That is how the sheriff is deeming it at this time, and they're waiting for the uh, full investigation to be completed. Uh, But, you know, a line-of-duty death can occur just much like this, guys, uh, with a medical emergency as a result of of the work that you're doing. And so... um, uh, 
you know, uh, it's amazing when you look at line of duty deaths across this country, all the different ways that our law enforcement officers lose their lives and sacrifice their lives for their communities. And uh, again, just a reminder of what folks are willing to do. And uh, we're just very grateful for this to this family uh, for having a loved one that was willing to step forward on our behalf. What can people listening to this radio program, people like me, people like Tony Kennett, what can we do to help uh, these families? I know morale is bad. We've had that conversation a lot, Rick. What can we really do to help? Well, it's a little different. You've got the Johnson County Sheriff's Department. You've got Johnson County as a community. And I tell you, there are a few counties that are as strong in their support for law enforcement as Johnson County. Now, we saw that with Trooper Smith. Uh, and who lived down there and uh, through his funeral proceedings and the ongoing support from the community and Franklin and Greenwood and Trafalgar and uh, Burgersville and many other areas down there. Uh, so that's a that's a nice, unique feature uh, for law enforcement officers to have. People say, what can we do? Guys, this isn't contrite. It's, it's, it's a matter of fact. And when we say, when we ask for people to pray, you know, you hear people say, uh, you know, enough with your prayers and condolences. Well, I'm going to tell you something, guys, whether you're a believer or not, uh, prayer and faith in God is the only thing that's going to get us out of these messes. And right. when the really bad things happen, I always say there's no atheists in foxholes, uh, meaning that when the when you find yourself in the mire and the muck of this life, oh, you're going to cry out to something, someone bigger than yourselves. And so that's why we always say love God and love your neighbor. What you can do is love God, pray to him, reach out, pray for this family, and then love up on this family. Uh, and, you know, if you find somebody says, well, I don't know that I believe in that or I don't pray much, perhaps this is a good time to start and just talk to God and lift this family up to him. Uh, that's the best thing that you can do. And then finally, uh, as we always say, keep showing those blue lights. You think that that might be just kind of a uh, a cheesy kind of thing, but it really does make a difference to our officers and deputies and troopers for them to see that visible support from our communities. And that's a great way of doing that, posting those pictures online. So that's actually something that I wanted to ask you about, Rick. So in the last couple of months, uh, you know, obviously there have been several tragedies regarding officers in the line of duty, as well as uh, just some of the difficulties faced by police departments in the state. And that kind of one of the things that I always want to check in on is, is what kind of interactions have you been receiving from the community? Because I've been in Philadelphia where people do not appreciate their police departments and, and they, they spit at them as they walk by and things like that. But Hoosiers don't treat their officers on the line like that. What's the kind of response that you've seen in the last couple of months amid some of these tragedies that Indiana police have faced? Well, I'll say this. I have the pleasure and, and the unbelievable privilege to serve as the national chaplain for the National Fraternal Order of Police. And it's representing nearly 400,000 officers and their families across this country. That's a lot of folks. And uh, in that role, I get to interact with many agencies and communities all over the United States. And what I can tell you is this, is Indiana stands out for their Hoosier hospitality. And even our national FOP president, Patrick Yeos, recently shared in Washington, D.C. at the Washington Memorial that when tragedies occur in other communities and they don't know what to do or how to show their support, the first thing he always says is reach out to Indiana because nobody does it better. Uh, we are blessed in this state uh, with folks who turn out. They, they show up and show their support for our officers, and it does not go unnoticed. That's why we always say we know there's a great silent majority out there, but we need the silent majority to become the loud majority and to say we support law enforcement and we stand behind that those who stand on the thin blue line. Uh, that's what's needed most during this time. 
We're chatting with Rick Snyder, president of the Fraternal Order of Police, Lodge 86 here in Indiana. So, Rick, we're looking at some numbers here for recruitment, specifically with the IMPD. I'm reading they just swore in 33 recruits, but they're still 322 officers short. Is this correct? Is this number real? That is real. And that was uh, just acknowledged and reported by the IMPD just yesterday through a news report by WTHR and Ginny Renovich over there. And uh, what she had found is that when they swore in these 33, that left them 322 officers short. That means they were 355 officers short. Right. But that's not even the worst news, guys. So here's the other numbers that matter. Already in the first seven months of this year, we've already lost at least 115 officers from the IMPD. They're heading for the exits in record numbers because they're going in droves to, uh, just like I just shared with you, other communities in the state that show their support for law enforcement, communities that support their officers, but also uh, organizations that show that with good equipment, good pay. And there's a lot of competition out there right now. And political leadership, too, right? We're talking about, like, political leadership. When we talk to our officers that abruptly leave from IMPD and we say, I, I ask them, give me your top three reasons why you're leaving. Number one, every 100 percent of the time is they're going to other if they're going to another community, it's where they have a prosecutor that is not like prosecutor Ryan Mears. It's the first thing I always hear. The second one uh, is political support and morale issues from their agency. And then the third revolve around better pay, uh, better schedules and better equipment. So we have to pull out all the stops in Indianapolis to make a turn on this. We are seeing a mass exodus from Indianapolis. And you just had the Indiana State Police guys. They just passed a 30 to 50 percent pay raise across the board, opened up a lateral transfer program where existing seasoned, well-trained officers from IMPD, quite frankly, can apply and transfer over to them. And they're going to get significant pay raises and greater support in doing that. That is why we keep saying that we must compete. If we don't, it's a recipe for disaster. The reason this is such a big deal now is because we are right at hovering around the 1,500 officer staffing level. IMPD has made clear if if and when we dip below that, they have to have contingencies in place for reducing services and changing how we're providing services in the city of Indianapolis. The chief of police acknowledged that yesterday and said, while we're not, he said, we're not making cuts, we're making contingencies. Well, we're making contingency plans for future cuts because of this officer shortage. And that's what we keep talking about is that there is a true bottom line impact, guys. We have an agency that is not pursuing stolen vehicles anymore. We have an agency that's looking at eliminating their arson unit. Think about that. Eliminating professionally trained law enforcement officers who investigate crimes such as arsons, one of the top felonies in the criminal code. We have an agency that's looking at stopping to investigate property crimes without a known suspect. So you get your uh, you get uh, something stolen from your home that you've worked hard for. If there's no suspect, you have no idea who did it. It probably isn't even going to get assigned for an investigation because we're so short on officers and detectives. And we have less traffic enforcement that's been occurring. We've seen demands from city councilors saying, wait a minute, you're not writing tickets anymore or enforcing as much traffic, and we're seeing traffic crashes increase across the city. Oh, all of a sudden it's affecting them, is it? Right. See, what happens is what we find is, is that when the bad things happen, the first thing people want is a high visibility presence of law enforcement. Well, guys, that's what we say all the time. But we've got to have the bodies to be able to do that, and that's what we're talking about is how do we 
We've got to retain the officers we have first, and then the recruitment will follow. The city says we're in a recruitment crisis. We are not. We're in a retention crisis. And the reason why that's so important is because you, you're not going to recruit officers to join a sinking ship. So when they're right. watching more officers leaving than you can hire, who wants to go work there, especially when you have the pick of the litter across the state of many other communities and departments you can go work for? And Rick, just to summarize here, and I know you got to run here, uh, for somebody just turning on their radio, I'm not trying to be doom and gloom and Mr. Scary here, but IMPD admitting they're over 300 officers short, certain departments, whether that's arson, fraud investigation, the gang unit on the verge of being cut completely. And when you speak to officers that are leaving Marion County to do the same job somewhere else, the number one answer they give you predominantly is the prosecutor, Ryan Mears, and the, having to arrest the same people over and over again, correct? Absolutely. And that's the pressure they feel from their families that say, why would we keep doing it here when we can go someplace else and have greater support and greater success and safety? And guys, the, the message to the resident who might just be turning in, the taxpayer, quite frankly, of Indianapolis, but also throughout the state who this is your capital city. Listen, as a result of these changes in these officer shortages and crime going up as a result, that means property values go down, insurance rates go up, businesses start to leave, employees begin to move, and your tax base goes away. That's the bottom line uh, effects of this mass exodus and the officer shortage that we're facing. That's why we must compete and retain the officers we have. Rick Snyder, President, Fraternal Order of Police, Lodge 86. Rick, as always, thank you for your time. Yes, thank you. And tell all of your officers the Hammer and Nigel Show supports what they're doing. God bless you guys. Keep praying. Thank you.